Hi, you're listening to the sermon recording podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. As you guys know, we've been doing a series on freedom, and Philip and Jeff have shared and talked about that, so tonight we're going to wrap that up, and uh, I get the chance to do that tonight, so I'm looking forward to that. Before we do, I'm going to make a a little pun to a a photo I'm going to use later. I need to talk about the elephant in the room. Okay, I got to tell you about this little story. So I, some of you on Facebook, you know I cut my finger this week, cut it pretty deep down to the bone. So I was in the hospital because first patient first said it's too deep we can't do it they sent me to the hospital so I go to the hospital I'm getting this to get the stitches in and they say hey that thing looks pretty deep so I think we have to do stitches um, have to do x-rays of your hand I said what for and they said well so we can make sure your bones okay I said look I saw my bone because it was that deep it's okay I don't need your x-rays and they're like no you need to take x-rays so we went back and forth a little bit, and finally said, okay, we'll do the x-rays. So she takes me in there to do the x-rays. She needs one of the, one of the t- bottom, one of the top, and then she needs one of the side. And as you noticed, this cut is on my middle finger on my left hand, right? So I said, how do you want me to do this picture? And she said, basically, you're going to have to flip me off <laughs> so I can do this picture. And I'm thinking, are you serious? I haven't flipped anybody off since I was, like, in high school, right, you know? I have to do this picture. And so I'm a little embarrassed because there's this woman there. She's taking my x-ray. I have to hold my hand in that, in that gesture while she takes my x-rays. So not only have I flipped somebody off for the first time in a lot of years, there's an x-ray to prove it. So, <laughs> so if I ever get that x-ray, maybe I'll show you, right? <laughs> but we've been, uh, we've been doing the series on freedom. And so as we get started, I'm going to be showing a lot of pictures tonight. We got kids here as well. We're going to be showing pictures to help illustrate our point. But to begin with, I need your help. Have you ever seen the ink blob tests where the ink blob comes up and you're supposed to tell us what you think that looks like and it shows how crazy and demented we all are when we look at those pictures, right? So I need your help. Kids, you as well too. So I'm going to show you a couple of pictures and when you see them, I want you to yell out loud enough we all can hear it, what you think it is. So, Miss Kelly, are you ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. What do you see when you see this picture? A cow? Maybe, uh, maybe roadkill cow? What, what, does, what do you see over here? Okay, someone sees a squirrel. Anybody see a couple of mantises looking at each other? No, you don't see that? Okay. How about a face right in the middle? Anybody see that? Okay, okay. Let's try another one, see how, see how crazy we all are. What's the next one? Okay. Okay, I heard a couple of wolves. What else do you see? A bull? Someone said a bull? Yeah. It could be a bull or it could be like a warrior mask in the center, right? Okay, one more. Let me see what you see in this one. 
Okay. <laughs> Spoken from a world history person. Okay. Someone said Pegasus. Anybody see like a, uh, I don't know, two, it looks like two ladies in a dress getting ready to kiss a plant? Yeah. Or is that just me? Is that just me? You see that too, Heather? Okay. Okay. Or do you see a big anchor in the middle? A big anchor right there? So, or maybe if you're really strange like me, you look at that and those two white blobs in the middle, there's two ghosts looking away from each other. You guys see that? So there's all kinds of things then there. But we're talking about freedom, right? So there's one more picture I want you to look at. Look at this picture and tell me what you see. What do you see there? A tiger. Okay, we see an elephant here, right? Now, what's different about this elephant? It's tied to a what? A little post or a little stake. What's holding it in place? Some type of rope, right? This is the biggest land mammal on the earth. Goes, I think it goes about 10,000 pounds. It's massive, powerful. Its trunk can rip a tree out of the ground and it's tied to that stake. Do you know why they tie it to that stake? They tie it to that stake so it won't go anywhere. So let me ask you a question. Biggest land mammal in the world, what does that dude have to do to get away from that stake? Yeah, just sort of walk, just sort of do this, right? Pull it out. Do you know what? That elephant will never pull that stake out of the ground. Do you know why the elephant? Anybody know why the elephant won't do that? Because it's stupid? What? No, there's, it's, just, it's just a rope to a stake in the ground. So here's what happens. When that elephant is just a tiny little baby and they're training it, the first thing they do is they tie its leg to a stake in the ground. And it can't get away from it, right? And after it tries, and it gets a little bigger, it tries. And after a while, it just gives up. It figures in its, in its brain, in its mind, it says, oh, I feel a restraint on my leg, I can't break it, I might as well not try. And so the elephant is stuck to that, even though he's the largest land mammal on the face of the planet, a little rope and a little stake securely holds him in place, he'll never leave, he'll always be in, what's the opposite word of freedom? Bondage, right? He's always in bondage, not because he's not capable of breaking that bondage, but because he thinks he can't, right? He thinks he can't. He's trapped in that bondage. So tonight we're going to be talking about this concept of what does it mean, we've been talking about freedom the whole, this whole month, right? What does it mean to live into freedom? And what does it mean if we find ourselves living into bondage and we don't know that we can actually be free? So we're going to show a passage up here on the screen. It's from John chapter 8. And I just want to read this passage. We're going to just dig into this real quick here. And it says this, to the Jews who believed him. Now, how they describe those Jews? Who were these Jews? Ones who didn't believe him or ones who did? One who did. Okay, so they believed in Jesus, which meant they were what? They were Christian, they were believers, they were Christ followers. So to the Christ followers who believed in him, Jesus said this, if you hold to my teachings, 
the words of Christ, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus talks to people who are following him, who have a relationship with him, who believe in him. They're Christ followers. He said, hey, I want you guys to know that if you, you follow my teachings, then you're my disciples, and once you do that, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But they answered him. They said, wait a minute, Jesus. Freedom, bondage, what are you talking about? We are Abraham's descendants and have never been a slave to anybody. First of all, they don't know their history. They've been a slave to everybody, right? But this particular point in their time, in their limited experience of an individual, they hadn't been. So they said, what, what are you talking about? We've never been. How can you say we'll be set free? Jesus responded, very truly I tell you that anybody who sins, and let me just pause here a second, because sometimes the English doesn't help us understand. The word that they're using here for anybody who sins, that's the word of ongoing, habitual sin, right? So he's saying this, very truly, Jesus says, I tell you that anybody who is habitually stuck in a sin is a slave to that sin. So I want us to get that image in mind. Think of that elephant we saw, right? That elephant had a habit, and that habit was from when he was very little, he pulled on that rope and he couldn't get free and so after a while he just figured this is me this is my life I can't break that bondage therefore I'm in it and even though he was fully capable as an adult to break that tiny little rope easily he was still stuck in it because the habit he had formed throughout his life said you can't break this bondage you can't do it and so he was stuck in it Jesus went on to say, and now he, he changed it to a, a, a weird kind of thing. He was talking about bondage, and then he takes it into this idea of slavery. He says, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs forever. Listen, so if the son sets you free, you will indeed be free. Somehow Jesus connected this whole concept. When he brought up this idea of bondage, they immediately go to history, right? And Jesus said, no, no, guys, you don't get it. First, you don't know your history. And second, you don't get it. I'm not talking about history. I'm talking about heart. I'm talking about your life. I'm not talking about physical bondage. I'm talking about spiritual bondage. I'm not talking to bondage to a stake in the ground. I'm talking about bondage to a sin that we feel we can't break free of and keeps us in bondage. He says, positionally, if you are a son, and who was he talking to again? Who was the crowd he was addressing when he said this? Believers, right? So he said, hey, if you believe in me, you're now a son. And if you're a son, the son of God, Jesus has set you free. So he says, there is hope for freedom. You may be living, he tells them, like this elephant that's attached to this rope, stuck in bondage. But the reality of it is, you're free if you just live into that freedom that I want to give you and that he said begins to happen when we believe his words and begin to become his disciples I think Philip said early on that this whole idea of freedom always happens in the context of community and that's very very true we need each other I need you you need me we need each other because when we're around people can see things in our lives that might come alongside us and point things out and help us out 
Maybe that's something we're stuck in bondage yet. Or maybe I see something in somebody else's life. Or maybe they just help me feel like I can break free of this bondage. So, we have this whole idea of living into freedom and living in bondage. And here's really the heart of where I'm going to jump in as you look at these next couple of pictures. And that is, so many times as believers, we have a relationship, we're Christ followers. If we're here tonight as a Christ follower, we have a relationship with Jesus. And so many times, we're like that huge, massive beast of an elephant that's tethered to the ground by something small, and really freedom is just a step away, and we don't even know it. And we live our lives living, even though we're free in Christ, we live as if we're still in bondage to sin. We fill in the blank, whatever that is. And so the challenge that we're going to be looking at tonight, this whole idea, what does it mean to live into freedom? And actually, we've been talking about that all week or all month. But also, how do we do that? What does it take to live in freedom? Freedom looks a lot different than what we think. If I was to ask you, how, would, how does our culture define freedom? What would you say? Is what's this? Okay, not in jail, right? I had a buddy who used to work for the federal prison system. And I went to visit his prison one time, and I said, man, this is like a country club. This is, this is really nice. I don't have bars and doors. It's like college dorm room type in this federal white-collar prison. And he said, here's the big difference, Steve. At night, we go home, and they stay here. And you don't know what you're missing until they take away your freedom. So, jail. What else? How else does our culture define bondage? Government. Government. Rules, right? Laws, right? Anarchy, right? We want that. What else? Okay, sometimes people find that, the old ball and chain, right? You ever heard that comment? I've heard Steve, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to throw him under the bus like that. So, I saw this picture yesterday, or I'm sorry, last week, one of the sweetest, most kindest, gentlest little girls in our children's ministry, kids, kids ministry, came on, had that shirt on. I said, I got to take a picture of this shirt. Because it's going to fit in good. This is what it says. Can anybody read that? What does it say? Yeah, it says, I do this thing called whatever I want. Right? That, I think, is a definition of what our society thinks is freedom. Now, I need to show you the next picture so you know who to pray for. Okay? Look at the next picture. Hey, there she is. Okay. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she got that from grandma and grandpa, but I'm just saying, I don't know, you know. <laughs> the most adorable, kindest, sweetest little girl, but I love that shirt. I said, Katie, can I take your picture? Can I use this next week? And she's like, sure. She had no idea it's going to be on the big screen, but it is. But that, that little saying, as cute as it is on her, when you think about that, our society thinks freedom is, hey, I do what I want to do. No rules, no regulations. I call the shots. I make, I make up the rules. Remember, Philip talked about the very first thing about reconciliation. He talked about the whole idea back in the garden. What did Adam and Eve decide to do? Oh, I call the shots. Satan goes up and says, don't you want to be like Jesus? Don't you want to be like God? Well, yeah. Well, then you eat of that fruit. But God said, no, hey, he just thinks you're going to become like him. You eat of it, you'll be just like God. He didn't try to get them to worship him. 
he got them to worship themselves, right? And, it, and today, we still do the same thing. Here's another picture I'm going to show you. Comes up here. Okay, what do you see when you see this picture? Yeah, I don't see anybody going the wrong way. Here, you might want to try this. <laughs> yeah, it's a highway, right? Yeah. What's on, the, what's, uh, what's on the side of those roads? What keeps people from going the wrong lane? Yeah, there's guardrails right there. Here's what I, here's what I want to tell you. The picture of the elephant was a picture of bondage. The picture of, these, of this highway is a picture of freedom. Picture of freedom. It may sound weird. I know it sounds weird. It's a picture of freedom. Here's why. They're going down the highway, but what restricts them, what impringes upon their absolute freedom is what? Guardrails and little white painted lines. As long as we go down the highway, we can be free and fun and having a great time and safe because we're going the right direction. We're staying in between the guardrails and going. The moment somebody on this side decides, hey, I'm free. I can make my choices. I can do what I want. I'm just going to ride on this side over here. What does that cause? Accident, chaos, destruction, right? So what happens is, in this whole concept of freedom, so many times we think freedom means I get to do whatever I want. When in reality, freedom means I ride between the guardrails, and then I'm really free to enjoy the scenery, enjoy my destination I'm getting to, enjoy the road trip along the way, all those kind of things. I really have true freedom when I'm going within the guardrails. So that's physically going down the road, but spiritual bondage has the same concept. And that concept is I need to stay between the guardrails. How do I know I'm not going to be like that elephant stuck, feeling in bondage, even though as a Christ follower I'm told I'm set free? I go through life driving down my path, my road, staying between the guardrails. The Bible tells us there's two guardrails that we have to be aware of. And um, one of them we already mentioned, the very first part. Jesus said, if you follow my what? Anybody ever remember? If you follow my teachings, yeah, if you follow my teachings, that's the word. One of the guardrails that we have in this life to truly live in freedom is the guardrail of God's word. Just like in the garden, God had said, hey, I made a perfect earth, a perfect environment, and when everything's perfect, just the way I want it, I got one rule. And that one rule is don't eat from that tree. That's it. Everything else, stay between the guardrails. You're good to go. God was present with them. His word was there. Don't eat the fruit. And all they do is stay between the guardrails. And what did they do? They say, guardrail? I don't want to stay behind this guardrail. And they stepped over, and they walked over to this tree, and they took a bite of the fruit. And what they thought was bringing them freedom brought them bondage. The same is true for us as we go through our life. Real freedom isn't do whatever I want. Real freedom is staying between the guardrails. One of them is God's word, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it tells us the other one is God's spirit. Is God's spirit. God's spirit is the presence of God in our life. 
in the garden, God was present with Adam and Eve, and God told them his word, don't eat of the fruit of the tree. In our lives, God is present as Christ followers on a daily basis, moment by moment, right? God is right there in our hearts. He's right there in our lives. He, he reveals his word. We have God's word, and we have God's spirit that allow us to go down the highway of the life and the path that we're on and have genuine freedom. If you've ever watched a sporting event, I was just watching Malachi and Silas' game today. They have something called rules, right? And if you don't go by the rules, the game stops. They have something called out of bounds. If a guy said, well, I don't want to stick with those out of bounds. I'm just going to take the basketball and dribble over here and dribble out to the hallway and dribble over here and do that. You'd have total chaos. And God understands that. It takes some boundaries to keep us safe. So as much as we as human beings want to fight against that and say, freedom is, I got this thing I like to do, I do whatever I want. That's not freedom. That's chaos and ultimately brings us to the elephant in bondage. But true freedom brings us to, down the highway when we stick in between the rails. Just want to uh, sort of try to wrap this thing up here with a couple of thoughts. And I think we're going to see it here on the screen. Okay. Freedom without bondage is chaos. God gave Adam and Eve freedom to make choices, right? How many of us in here are parents right now of, of kids, right? Okay, we're all parents of kids. And some of us have grandkids. And some in this room will one day be parents. But the thing we do as parents, we don't go around and make every decision for our child until they turn 18 and say, okay, kids, you're on your own. What are they going to do? They're going to probably fail miserably at making decisions because they've never made one. So as parents, we our job is to go and say, we're going to let you learn how to make decisions, but we're going to do it within guardrails. And as they get a little bit older, we can say, you can make any decision you want in between here and here. And they get a little bit older, you can make your decisions between here and here. And they get a little bit older, between here and here. Until finally they're adults, and they say, okay, bud, you're on your own. I hope you've learned the lesson of how to make good decisions. God does the same thing to us. He says, you guys are free to make decisions, but they've got to be between the guardrails. The guardrails of my word and the guardrails of my spirit. You got lots of freedom. And when you make decisions within those guardrails, you'll find out freedom within boundaries is actually very liberating. Because when you step outside of that, it becomes chaotic when nobody goes by the rules and we, it all comes crashing down like it did for Adam and Eve. So tonight, the challenge is, has been this. Hey, are we living into our freedom are we living into bondage even though Christ has already set us free and what binds us is that habitual sin whatever it is in our lives that we think we can't break free from but Christ said I've already set you free from that all you have to do is believe that live into the freedom I've given you between the guardrail of my word and the guardrail of my spirit and live it out Tonight around the discussion table, around the table, there's going to be discussions over three questions. They're going to come up on the board. And I have to tell you, I cheated a little bit with these questions because I just can't keep it that. 
Okay, so every, every one question is really like two. So I know, I know I'm bad. I'm really bad about that. You know me. I just can't, I just can't keep it that short. So when you go through it, Kelly did a great job trying to get these on the screen. I know it's a little small there. But, but check, but jump into these questions around your table. You have about 20 minutes or so to go around there. Try to answer some of those questions and try to ask on the concept, am, am I living into freedom or am I living into bondage based upon God's word and God's Holy Spirit? Okay? Go ahead, guys. Discuss it around your table. Hey, guys, have you discussed around your table? Sounds like there's some really good discussion going on here tonight. So this is the time where we get a chance to share with everybody. So as you get a chance to work through either the first, second, or third question, maybe there's something that you found really intriguing at your table. Maybe there's something that uh, you just really engage with in conversation. But would you like to share something that your table discussed about any concept, question, idea about, this, about the topic tonight about living into freedom or living into bondage? And we can bring the mics around so everybody can hear. So the first question was the one that I was like, oh, I have something for that. Um, for a while, we had in-eared monitors in the band. And when we have in-eared monitors, it's really neat because we can have a click in our ear. And so the click is basically, it's just whoever's the drummer puts in our ears just a, so that we're, as instrumentalists and musicians, we're all on the same note. And a lot of times the, so with music, it's in numbers, right? And so if you just got a four measure, it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And what was really neat about that is it's frustrating at first to stick with that constant beat because you're like, oh my goodness, I just hear this beat in my head. But then what's really neat to see happen, and we've seen it, Neil and I have seen it with a couple bands that we've been a part of, is there's all of a sudden this moment that once everybody finally decides to listen to that click, there is freedom in what we're playing. Because we're no longer focusing on whether or not we're together. We know we're together because we're focused on the click. And so then we have the freedom to start adding little things here and there or trying to do something new or, hey, we're all in this place. I'm starting to hear everybody loud. I can hear everybody better because I'm not worried about being in the same place. I know I'm in the same place. And so taking that spiritually with God's word, God's word is that click, you know? And when we center ourselves to that, that click and that, that heartbeat of what God has in purpose for us, we have freedom to do more and open up and let him work through us more. And it was just a neat correlation. So, I hope you guys had, uh, it sounded like you had great discussion, and I appreciate that. So I'm just going to lead us in prayer. So Lord Jesus, thank you for your word, and thank you for your Holy Spirit. Those are two guardrails in our lives that just help us live into the freedom you've already provided for us. And so many times we can get either stuck in the bondage of that, that nagging sin that we just can't seem to get away from, or sometimes we get stuck in the bondage of all the rules and that we try to live up to and forget that the very reason we're on the highway in the first place is because we have an identity and a relationship in you. God, I pray that we might be a people with spiritual practices that help us stay on that road of freedom 
that falls between the guardrails of your word and your truth. Thank you for the, 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 the reminder we had tonight. Thank you for the words of Jesus which speak directly to our heart that we are the children of God and we will always be free. And allow us, Father, to live into that freedom on a daily basis. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.